Hello, and welcome to the Circling Sales Sports Podcast. This will be episode 80 of the podcast itself. This is the 22nd installment in the Seattle interview series. I am joined by Kiana Williams today. Uh, just a few accolades I want to go over. McDonald's All-American in 2017, three-time All-Pac-12, WBCA All-American in 21, third-team AP All-American in 21, second-team USBWA All-American in 21, Pac-12 champion in 21, obviously NCAA champion in 21, and 18th overall pick by the Storm. How have things been for you? Obviously, like I kind of mentioned before we started here, I'm sure it's been a little little might be an understatement but busy for you you know with yeah. getting you know acclimated with the team and you know the whole WNBA season being underway how have things been for you to start off um so I guess I'll just start with after we won the national championship um that that week uh was was the busiest week of my life um I had interviews I was trying to hire an agent um you know I was trying to find an outfit for the draft like there was just so many things going on and I couldn't really even like reflect on the fact that we had just won because, you know, I was already starting my new chapter trying to get ready for the draft. Um, so, yeah, that that week after we won was hectic. And then a draft happened. I uh, got drafted on Thursday and I got to Seattle Sunday. Um, I've been here for uh, a little over a month. Um, I think I got here like April 21st or something like that so it's May 24th so yeah I've been here a little over a month um training camp was was so much fun uh Sue and Jordan you know just watching them and um how they play the point guard position and how they run the team is just I've learned so much from them it's I'm still you know in practice today you know Sue's always like you know pointing out trying to help the young players uh she's just a great veteran leader and um when she's when she talks you listen so I'm just thankful to, to be here, to be in this position. Um, you know, we're, we're three and one right now, have a, a big game tomorrow. Uh, Connecticut's coming in hot, five and oh. Um, I'm excited. I get to see my best friend, Dijanae. Um, So that'll be fun. Uh, we played together at Stanford. Yep. Uh, but yeah, it's it's been fun. I uh, had our first road trip, uh, went up to Minnesota, won out one and went to Dallas. Uh, got to see my family. Uh, I didn't get to play, but, you know, just, you know, the fact that I'm there learning and stuff, and I, I just know that when my number's called, I'll be ready. Um, you know, everyone's still, like, encouraging me and, you know, telling me to stay ready, and that's all I can do. I'm just, you know, I am I feel like I'm in a, a very good situation, so not much to complain about. So with that being said, have you, has it has it really hit you that that championship, you guys won that championship, or are you just kind of forced to switch gears and, head in the WNBA were you ever kind of able to like you said kind of sit down and reflect on that no not not really um I, I never really like took time because like you said I just had to you know switch gears um I had that my Stanford chapter closed and um I'm on a professional team and um you know I was just trying to lock I was locked in a training camp trying to make trying to make a roster spot so I haven't really had time to reflect um they they sent some uh, emails about the rings so I was like oh that's cool we'll, we'll get a ring but honestly it hasn't even really hit me yet um just the, just the fact that you know I'm not at Stanford anymore um up here in Seattle I want to put Stanford uh on hold for a second let me go back to sort of beginnings when did you really know that you wanted to take uh, basketball to the professional level I read I read a story about um you and your father were out uh, playing hoops and he, he hit you with a pass and smacked you in the face. Uh, 
Yeah. Uh, when when did you really sort of know that you you looked at basketball? You said, you know, I wanna I wanna do this at the best level in the world. You know, with these these athletes that are the best women in the world at their sport. Uh, I think when I got my first scholarship offer, um, that's when I knew I'm like, okay, I can go to college and you know, I want to take it a step further. I want to play professionally. I want to play in the WNBA. Um, that's when I like started getting serious about it. But you know, obviously, you know, when you when you first play any sport, you know, you wanna you wanna go all the way with it. Um, uh, so I, I guess I had like you know dreams of playing in the WNBA uh, ever since I was five. You know, when I first started playing basketball, um, then. Once, you know, I got that first scholarship offer, I was like, okay, my, I know that my, my, my college is going to be taken care of, you know, I need to keep working hard to, to not only get more scholarship offers, but, you know, separate myself and show that I belong in the league, because it's a, it's a tough league. Um, all 12 teams are tough. Um, and, you know, it's 140 or whatever, however many players um, of the best women in the world. So, you know, you can't take possessions off, you can't take um, days off, none, none of that. Um, so just, you know, looking back on my journey and seeing how far I've come and how, how far I have to go, that's, that's another thing. Um, obviously, I'm here. I'm happy to be here. But I have, you know, so many ways to get better and more things to learn. And um, I think that's really just what I'm focusing on my, my rookie year, um, just trying to, you know, soak in as much information as I can, especially from Sue Bird. You know, she, she is the, the standard, I feel like, at the point guard position and to know that um, you know, she's a phone call away now. Like it's a blessing. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to dip into the, into that part too much, but I remember, you know, we're looking at, uh, we were doing draft lookout, you know, for, for the, the weekly show. And I was like, I don't know, man, Keanu Williams at Stanford, you know, I know they just came off a title, but uh, you know, so you were in my mocks for a bit. I was like, all right. You know, and I, I saw the first round go by and the trades is like, ah, shoot. Okay. She's probably going to go somewhere else. I was like, so when I saw that 18th pick, I was like, okay, I, I like this. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's been really cool to see that play out. And um, my lady Huskies haven't had the best luck in basketball, but you know, it, it was nice to see the pack perform like they did in the tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, sort of to go back to family. Uh, what sort of influence did your family's athletic background have on you, you know, playing basketball or just, you know, your competitive spirit, your father, Michael, uh, playing linebacker at Texas Southern, brother, uh, Chancey, please correct me if I, you know, say no, anything yeah. wrong. No, no uh, you're fine. It's Chauncey. You're Chauncey, fine. Chauncey, yep. Uh, playing running back at Abilene Christian and in the 2004 U.S. Army All-American Bowl. Mm. Did I'm assuming that having those athletic influences might have pushed that competitive spirit in you to get better? I, absolutely. Um, from, from an early age, you know, when I was an infant, I was in a gym at an early age, sitting in the stands sitting in my mom's lap. Uh, my, my dad has been coaching for 25 plus years. Uh, he first started coaching my, my older brother, Chauncey. Uh, he coached him in basketball and football. And then uh, he coached my middle brother, Mike, uh, in just football. So uh, I was either on the sideline or in the stands or on the sideline of, of the football field being a water girl. Uh, can you hear me? You yeah. Broke up. Yeah, so yeah, I was um, either on the sideline of the football field being a water girl or, you know, sitting by my dad while he's coaching or in a stance um, since I was, you know, a, a toddler. And just one day I just finally decided, like that story you brought up, I have finally decided to tell my dad I want to play basketball. 
Um, and, and that's where it started, you know, with my, my older brothers. And it's also where I got my competitive spirits from. Um, I don't think if I had, you know, older siblings, I don't think I would have been as competitive as I, as I am. And that ultimately helped me get into Stanford because not only am I competitive academic, I mean, athletically, I'm competitive academically as well. So shout out to my, my older brothers. Yep. And yeah, not to not to glance over that having, you know, three older brothers, you know, I'm sure yeah. that only continues to add to that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, as you mentioned with academically in Stanford, what was your recruiting process like? I know you mentioned getting that first offer, you know, what was mm-hmm. your recruiting process like? And did you ever think that you might attend somewhere else besides Stanford? Because, you know, uh, talking about competitive uh, you know, being competitive, you're a five-star talent, uh, eighth best player in the country, according to ESPN. I can only imagine that that was an interesting time, you know, thinking about, hey, where do I take things, you know, from mm-hmm. here? Um, so yeah. with that being said, what was that like? And did you ever think maybe you might go somewhere else? Yeah, the the recruiting process, it was, it was fun, stressful. Um, it, it was, you know, all those emotions mixed in. Um, but at the end of the day, I was just thankful to know that my college my, um, would be paid for. Um, so just looking back on the process, um, I prayed a lot, talked to my family, talked to coaches, uh, talked to the right people, like um, my high school coach and my AU coach, just making sure I was, you know, trying to get advice from the right people. But uh, at the end of the day, I made the decision and I knew once I got accepted into Stanford, um, I, I had to go. Um, you know, it's not every day people get accepted into a place like Stanford. So um, not only was I going to play for, you know, Hall of Fame coach Tar Vanderveer, but I'd be receiving a, a pretty decent, uh, <laughs> pretty decent education. So, um, yeah, I, I just knew once I got accepted, it was a, it was a no brainer for me. So good segue into Stanford here. What are if if I could have you put a couple out there, what were some of the most important lessons that you learned as you went throughout your four years? I'm sure, you know, like you said, that's a it's a world class university. Mm-hmm. you know, and playing under Coach Vanderveer. Um, what are some of the most important things you learned, you know, whether it was, you know, whether it was on the court or maybe off the court? Because mm-hmm. uh, I'm sure, you know, as you go along with those four years, uh, you had to learn some things. Yeah, I think the one thing that sticks out um, is my, my confidence, um, not only on the court, but off the court. Uh, I just remember, you know, there were times during my freshman year, I felt like I didn't belong at Stanford. You know, just coming from a public school in San Antonio and then going to one of the, the best private institutions, um, I was really challenged academically. And there were times I was questioning myself whether I belonged here because obviously, you know, um, you, you have all these assignments and you're not doing as well as, as you want to. Um, but I, I just knew I had to, you know, make uh, make changes within my study habits and uh, my time management. Um, I think once I fixed that, you know, my confidence, you know, knowing that I belong there, it started to grow. And then that ultimately translated to on the court. Um, my first few games at, at Stanford, I didn't play a lot. Um, and then um, toward the, the middle or toward the second second half of the season, I earned a starting spot my freshman year. And uh, that's where, where things really took off. So, yeah, if I just had to look back, I just say I'm my, my confidence uh, as a person on and off the court um, really, really grew. That's definitely something you can see. I mean, I guess in all all sports, uh, you know, if somebody isn't feeling confident in themselves, that their uh, their play will probably reflect that. Um, and with that being said, uh, the Pac-12 for you know at least 
well, I'd say in both sports, uh, in both women's and men, men's basketball has been a tough place to play for a while. Would you say that playing in the Pac-12 has helped you to get better as a player? You know, if I just look at some of the draft boards for the last two or three years, you know, looking at obviously Eric McDonald, uh, mm-hmm. like um, Sabrina Ionescu, obviously mm-hmm. first overall pick, Satu Sabali, uh, Kennedy Burke, who you're now team- teammates with, uh, just obviously that's just a few names out of all the other Pac-12 players that have been drafted. Would you say that playing in the Pac-12 conference was something that helped elevate your game? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you could say I'm biased, but I feel like the Pac-12, you know, is the best conference. Um, obviously, you know, other conferences are really good, uh, but I feel like with the Pac-12, it's, you know, it's similar to the league where you you can't take a night off. Um you know, the, the quote unquote worst team, you know, could sneak up and beat you. So um, a lot of talent, a lot of great coaches and a lot of great programs in the Pac-12. And uh, I think uh, throughout my four years, I really benefited from playing, you know, in the Pac-12 and, and playing for Tara, just learning, you know, how to game plan, um, how to, you know, get ready mentally and physically for each game. Um, some games are more physical, some games, you know, you have to be more mental and, um, you know, just be a few steps ahead of your opponent. Um, so you got a little bit of everything in the Pac-12. And um, obviously that showed with, you know, us in Arizona playing the, the final game of the season. So I find, I find it very interesting you mentioned not taking a night off because I, I was I was doing my research and you played the second most minutes in the, in the nation total. How, how do you manage to, to do that? 1,066 minutes played in that last season of yours at Stanford. How do you, you know, keep yourself, how do you keep yourself, you know, uh, not fatiguing, not, you know, wearing mm-hmm. down? How did you, how did you keep yourself in it for, you know, those 1,066 minutes? Um, I don't know. That's a, that's a good question. I didn't, I didn't realize I played that many minutes. Um, I guess just the fact that, in the back of my mind, I knew the final four, uh, well, obviously the, the entire tournament was in San Antonio, but before I knew that, I just knew in the back of my mind that the, the final four was in San Antonio. So I was like, I have to get my team to, to San Antonio. Um, and is my, it was my senior year. Uh, obviously the NCAA granted everybody a year, an extra year, but I was treating that as this is my senior year. This is, it's all or nothing. So, um, I told Tara, whatever you need me, whatever you need me to do, you need me to be more vocal, whatever you need me to do, um, I'll do it. And, you know, just just being a senior leader and a senior veteran, um, you know, your sense of urgency like kicks in, you know, um, and, uh, you know, I guess just ultimately knowing that the tournament was in my hometown, um, I was willing to do whatever it took to, to get my team there. Yeah, I, I saw that stat and I was like, wow, because obviously, you know, playing the tournament games adds more. But still, even before that, second most in the nation, I was like, do you, do you know who was first? Uh, no, I do. Uh, maybe I can find out really quick. Um, That's an interesting stat. I had no idea. But yeah, I saw that. I was like, yeah, geez, obviously, like I said, tournament games help with that. Um, but I mean, so that's something that, you know. Uh, I read that you played all 40 minutes, I think, of the last four games of the season, you know, not taking a break. Um, uh, but, yeah, I was that was something I was kind of interested about because, I mean, you know, some people obviously might want to take a break, but obviously you, you know, like you said, you kept that sense of urgency and um, helped power your team to the championship game and win that championship game. Um, not able to find that right off the, the bat, yeah, but I might – 
I could find it later, but uh, I didn't, I had no idea that learn something new every day. <laughs> uh, with that being said, what met with the, that last season being, you know, something we just talked about, what methods did yourself and the team use to push throughout that pandemic season? You know, cause uh, in looking into it, you guys had to play home games in Vegas and San Jose and Oakland, you know, do that sports band in Palo Alto and playing out of a suitcase. Uh, mm-hmm. I did read the story about the, the ping pong table. And I did like that. I thought that was really cool, but what sort of things did you guys as a team or maybe even as, you know, as, as Kiana, how did you and the team uh, work throughout that home uh, home stretch? Yeah, we uh, were coming into the season, you know, the, the three senior captains, we had a, we had to come up with like the motto for the year and our motto was all in. Um, and we knew that if we had a season, um, you know, it wouldn't be easy, it wouldn't be pretty, um, but, you know, we just wanted to play so bad. We knew we had to make certain sacrifices um, not only on the court, but most importantly, off the court, you know, our, our number one um, focus was just trying to keep everybody healthy. You know, we didn't want anyone to, to, you know, catch COVID. And we went, we went the whole season, you know, doing just that. Uh, we, we had a, you know, we had a race going on between the players and the coaches and uh, the players won. None of the players uh, had tested positive for COVID all year. And that's just a testament to the the sacrifices that we had to make. Um, so, yeah, we just had that model of being all in, uh, being all in in practice, being all in, you know, when you're not in practice, being mindful of who you're hanging around and what you're doing and knowing that, you know, we're living in a pandemic. So the decisions you make don't just affect you. They affect, you know, the people that you interact with daily, which is the team. Um, and then once we heard that, you know, the Santa Clara County wasn't allowing sports, we knew, OK, well, we want to play. So if we have to get up and go, we have to go. So. Um, living out of a suitcase for those 10 weeks was not easy. Um, there were days I know I didn't want to practice. I know my teammates didn't want to practice. But at the end of the day, we just pulled each other along along the way. I mean, I think ultimately, you know, while we were in it, we didn't like it. But, you know, once we were out of it and we got to play back in Maples, uh, we were just thankful, you know, for the struggle. And um, I think just mentally, uh, we just grew as a team and, uh, obviously the entire tournament was, was in San Antonio. So we were back to living out of a hotel, but it was only for about two and a half, three weeks. So, you know, we were like, we did it for 10 weeks. We can do it for three more weeks. And that's, that's exactly what happened. So I will pause here because I did find the minutes. I did find the minutes. Um, Joanne Allen Taylor out of Texas. She's a junior five, uh, eight guard. She played 1097 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you were there second place with 1,063 still, though. I mean, come on. Jeez. Um, that's, you know, impressive. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yes. And then I wanted to ask, was I know that you, you know, despite the tournament being uh, back home, you know, uh, was having your father's cooking, was that something that was a little bit comforting there just to kind of know that, hey, I know I'm uh, I know I'm still not able to see him technically, but mm-hmm. I'm here, you know, and this is this is kind of something that uh, brings a little comfort to you, I guess. Absolutely. One one hundred percent. You know, when he said he was going to cook for the team, I just I got so happy. I was like, you know, I, it sucks that, you know, my, my team can't come you know, over to the house and, you know, be around my family. But, you know, they could they could have a taste of San Antonio through through my dad's cooking. So that was um, that was that was a great feeling, and you know, just seeing everybody's reaction when they were tasting the food, I'm like, 
yeah I, I know my dad's like that <laughs> so yeah it was it was nice um you know that he got to cook for the team and that they enjoyed it and um you know there's just that that southern hospitality that we were, I was trying to show to my teammates and my the coaches that was definitely something you know it's been really cool to you know just researching it seeing you know your journey here and it's always really cool to add and more incredible people to this storm. It just, I don't know. I get prideful thinking about how the great people we've got on the organization, you know. Um, so I want to take one more stop uh, here along the road at Stanford. Uh, what sort of things, whether it's lessons or uh, uh, just words of encouragement, things that you'll keep from Coach uh, Vanderveer and what sort of influence did she have on you as a person, not just, you know, maybe as a player on the court? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um... I'm just so thankful to have Tara Vanderveer in my life. Um, she's she's one of the she is in my opinion she's the greatest coach to ever coach the game, and um, she's a she's an even better person. You know she she loves what you can do on the basketball court, but she loves you as a person also. So that you know being a player, being a player for a coach that you know you you know that they love you as a person. Um, you know I was willing to do anything. I, I told her I was I'd run through a wall for you, Tara. Um, so uh, she me thankful for our relationship and, you know, all throughout training camp, she was texting me and calling me and seeing how things were going. So though I'm not at Stanford anymore, you know, she's still, you know, checking in on me, seeing how I'm doing. So I'm just so thankful for our relationship. Um, I guess the biggest, there's so many things that I've learned from her over those four years, but I guess one thing that just sticks out is she just always compliment me on staying level-headed. Um, I, like early on in my Stanford career, you know, I would like show my emotions on my face when things weren't going my way. Um, but, you know, toward the end of my my Stanford career, I, I did a great job of, you know, like when I wasn't playing well, not letting that, letting that affect me, which ultimately affects the team. Um, obviously the, the final, the final four, the two games I struggled from the field, but, you know, my teammates, you know, picked up the scoring slack and I was still out there being a leader and, you know, encouraging everyone. As you said, that's why I still played the entire game, both, both games. Um, but yeah, just, just the, my ability to stay level-headed and, you know, not, you know, give in to frustration or, um, you know, it's hard, you know, when things are going your way to like, you know, cheer and clap for others. But I think I learned that um, during my four years. And um, that's that's what I'm doing right now. Obviously, I'm not playing, but I'm still, you know, encouraging and, and you know, clapping for my teammates because I know when my number's called, I need to be ready. So, um, you know, showing frustration and I guess pouting, that's not going to not going to serve anybody. No, and that's that's something I'm sure that, you know, you learned as you became a captain, you know, and somebody that was a senior leader, as you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, so with those things, you know, being mentioned, what was your demeanor as you saw the first round of the draft going along? What sort of things were you thinking about? Or were you kind of, like you said, being level-headed about it? You're like, you know what, this, you know, I'm just going to let it sort itself out. Um, It was, you know, it was, there was a lot of anxiety going on. Um, just internally, obviously, you know, you're just waiting to hear your name called. And uh, the, when the first round, you know, slipped by, I was like, okay, you know, it it is what it is. Um, but there, there was, there was never a moment where I didn't think my name would be called. It's just I wanted to get drafted into the right situation. And uh, there were there are a few teams that 
that I thought were the great situations for me. Um, but I just knew that Seattle was the best situation for me. And, you know, um, delayed but not denied. That's what that's what I told myself. Um, and that that's really just been my motto since I've been here, delayed but not denied. Um, just, you know, waiting my turn, staying ready, um, staying patient. Um, it's a, it's for sure an adjustment, you know, as you said, you know, going from playing 40 minutes to not playing at all. Um, there's a huge, huge swing there, but I'm just thankful to be here. Thankful to be learning from, from the goats. And, um, I just know when my, when my name is called, you know, to, to, to perform, I know I'm going to perform. Um, but yeah, there's for sure anxiety, uh, going on in the draft, but just the fact that I was at home with family, um, I knew things would, would work out and, and they did just that. Are you able to share who from the team first got in contact with you after you found out that you were going to be with Seattle? Was there anybody that uh, just kind of reached out to you first from the team? Um, I, Sue Bird actually uh, mentioned me on her Instagram story. Um, I think she mentioned everyone that got drafted. Um, I'm trying to think. I think I text Jordan. Uh, because we have like friends, we have similar friends. So I got her number from from a friend and then text her. But I think Sue Berry was the first to congratulate not only me, but the other three draftees. So that was, you know, that was a really good feeling, um, you know, knowing that a, a veteran was reaching out. Kind of like you were mentioning with the differences of, you know, like you said, playing the full games to, uh, you know, not playing how different has it been for you to like you said being a senior leader to now you're on a team with you know someone like Sue Bird with players like Brianna Stewart people who have championship pedigree people like Candace Dupree who's been around this league you know uh, how different has that been I guess to you know from being somebody who's been around that Stanford program and has been there for those four years and is a leader in that program and then you, you go to the WNBA now and it's like you're not necessarily somebody who's I guess, like an outright leader, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's different for sure, to say the least. Um, it's a, for sure, a new role, but, um, I know my time will come. It's just, you know, my, my path is going to be a lot different. And, um, that's what I tell young people all the time to, to run your own race and not compare your journey to others. Um, but yeah, it's for sure an adjustment, you know, from being quote unquote, the top dog to, you know, starting over and trying to, you know, build up your rep, but, there's there's no other place I'd rather be. Um, extremely thankful to 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 be in Seattle, to play for Seattle, and, and play alongside and practice alongside some of the, the greatest basketball players to ever play the game. We've been talking about the team itself, but what is what has been up here in Seattle as as location wise been like for you? Because obviously coming from Texas, I'm sure it's a whole different thing. Mm-hmm. Um, or did you sort of get an idea about it since you've played in the Pac-12 and you know Washington? is a stop that is made at some point. Uh, yeah, UW is a stop that's made. How, how have you uh, felt about the the weather around here, just the, the area itself? Oh, I, I love it out here. Um, it's not as hot as it is in Texas. Um, you know, just, just coming off the Dallas road trip, I was like, when we got off the, when we got, you know, we were walking to the bus, I'm like, yeah, we're in Texas, it's heat. Um, but no, I, I love Seattle. You know, the Pacific Northwest is, it's beautiful out here. You know, there's water. I can't, I'm trying to, you know, get on the lake. Um, Joel actually told me she's going to teach me how to swim because I don't know how to swim. So, you know, hopefully, you know, we can get the team together and go go to the lake or, or whatnot. 
Um, but no, I, I love it out here. Um, the the weather, you know, some sometimes it rains, but uh, I've been hearing that the summertime is the best time to be here. So, and that's exactly what I, I'll be here throughout the summer. You know, you know, I try to tell people summer here is pretty hard to beat because, like you said, it's not too hot. You know, it, it's real nice. I think you're gonna like it. Um, and you you already kind of get a taste of it because we've had some nice uh, some nice May days. Mm-hmm. Um, you spoke a little bit about training camp in the beginning. How competitive was that preseason training camp time for you? As you know, as we've seen throughout the WNBA, that a lot of talented players don't necessarily make the rosters, and uh, it's something that you know. I know that I believe the commissioner uh, talked about expansion, and that would help. You know, um, but how, how? Just to get back to the main point, how competitive you know was that time period for you, uh, working to to make the roster? I think making making this roster was was the hardest thing I've ever done. Um, One thousand percent. You know, just the, the people that they had come in for training camp and then also, you know, the returners. Um, it, it was a great training camp. It was extremely competitive. Um, but I, I had, you know, my brother would always text me every morning, make today your best day. So every day I tried to, you know, be better than I was yesterday. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was extremely competitive. And that's how the league is. It's competitive. Um, it wasn't easy at all. It wasn't handed to me. So um, and I wouldn't want it any, any other way. Um, yeah, but I for sure, you know, I just, I knew it was a, I knew Seattle was a great situation for me, but I also knew that, you know, it wasn't going to be easy making this roster, um, at all. And, and it wasn't, um, but yeah, I just tried to improve every single day. And I think, you know, the, the coach, ultimately the coaches saw me improving every day. Um, you know, my first three days I was, you know, I had that rookie phase. I was like, what is going on? My head was spinning, you know, we're learning like, 10 to 12 different different plays every day um but as training camp went on and as we started playing more I started getting more comfortable and and now you know now we're here yeah that was some of the training camp was obviously it's something to watch just because of you know the full roster but just considering how many new pieces there were from the trades that were made with this team with Katie Lou Samuelson and acquiring Stephanie Talbot and signing Ty Young uh, bring in, like you said, other training camp uh, invitees. It was something that I was interested to see just because, you know, you lose someone like Alicia Clark and Natasha Howard. People are going to be interested to see how that changes. Um, but yeah, I, d- I do hope that we see, I don't think it's something about hope. I think it's just a matter of when, when we see some expansion teams. Um, Cause I think, I think it's, not, there's nothing wrong. I think that'll only be good for the league is what I'm trying to say. Stripped over my words there. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I think expansion is, is needed, you know, as soon as possible. There's a lot of, you know, great players that, that have been cut. Um, but it's just unfortunate. There's only 12, some, some teams only carrying 11. Um, there's very few spots and it's just the, the hardest professional league, uh, hardest, yeah, hardest professional league to, to make, um, team wise. Do you have any thoughts on uh, potential spots um, that would get like as potential cities that would get an expansion spot? Cause I, that's something I've been thinking about and, you know, uh, um, I, there's some cities, uh, I guess five that I have in mind, or I think the Bay area could use one, another one in California. Uh, I feel like they need to bring the Houston comments back. Um, you know, just how they, started off the league and won those three back to back to back like that. 
Um, I feel like Florida for sure needs one. I don't know if Miami, Orlando, one of those spots, but I feel like Florida for sure needs a, a, a women's basketball league, uh, team. Uh, two more cities. Let's go Philadelphia. I don't know why, but, you know, they have the 76ers and then they have the Eagles. So, like, you know, why not throw in a, a, a women's professional uh, basketball team there? And then I've been hearing stuff in, in about Canada. So why not? Why not Canada? You know, um, so those five come to mind. But I know there's a lot that goes into it. It's not something that happens overnight. Yep. Um, but I think those five cities um, and, and obviously there are other places that would probably really, you know, come out and support women's basketball. Um, but those five stick out to me. No, yeah, that makes sense. And like you said, it's something that's going to take time. And uh, but it was it was really something that intrigued me when I heard that from Commissioner Engelbert. Just, oh, yeah, you know, if this season you know, it goes well. I don't know how they measure that, mm-hmm. you know, then they're looking at expansion. But like you said, that's something that doesn't happen overnight. Mm-hmm. Just like with uh, the NBA and potentially getting our Sonics back, it's something that is going to take a few years because I know the NBA's talked about expanding due to pandemic losses or whatever. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, it's 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 exciting, I'll say. I'd say it's exciting to to think about uh, when that comes. Just wish it might have been sooner. But like you said, take some time. Um, Speaking of newer things, I know that these are the only storm jerseys you've played in, obviously, but what are your thoughts on these these storm jerseys as well as just the whole kind of the line of the Nike jerseys? They're fire. They're fire. Um, I don't know which one's my favorite. Uh, we wore the white ones for the first time uh, on a road trip. Uh, those were tough. Um, I, black is obviously I'm wearing a black hoodie jacket. Black's one of my favorite colors. Uh, but then the, the green, you can't go wrong with the green. So all three of them they, I, I, they're one A, one B, and one C. I can't really, you know, I don't have a prefer- preference, but you no, know, I, I love it. And not just our jerseys, like you know, just across the league, you know, mm-hmm. it's a really brilliant uh, marketing strategy for sure. That was cool to see, and I know one of the questions we had on the weekly show was, "How do we feel about the logo?" I personally like the logo. I have, I've got this one, but I, I still wanted to get the Rebel hoodie. Um, and I got to get an updated hat too, because this has got the old logo on it. So, yeah. you know, uh, but it's, it's interesting to see, you know, obviously from the, the player standpoint, you're the one who's putting the Jersey on. So it's interesting to hear your perspective about it. Um, and then do you have any goals that you'd like to share that you'd have for this season? Or is it mainly just, you want to sit here and kind of be like a sponge and soak up the information that you can and just learn from, you know, the players that are on this team. Um, I, I mean, this is, we don't really talk about it. It's just, you know, it's just the, the, the culture is winning a championship. Like that's the number one priority. Um, why not go back to back? Um, but you know, we don't, we don't talk about it, but it's just, you know, it's, it, it's expected. So you don't really need to talk about it. Um, but you know, for me, just, you know, just staying ready. And when my number's called, you know, going out there doing what I do best, um, you know, running the team and making sure the right people are in the right spots and making sure I'm being aggressive also, both ends of, of the ball. Um, but yeah, I just want to have fun. Um, coach said that today, um, just to have fun. Obviously, Connecticut is coming in hot um, and they're they're playing really well together. Um, but yeah, I, I don't really necessarily have any like personal goals. Um, I just, you know, want to improve every single day and and just stay ready. 
Yeah, like you said, the that game they're coming in five and zero, I believe, is their record right now, and uh, that'll be something to watch. And like you said, uh, like you've touched on several times, you came into a great, great opportunity in a great situation, and it's it's going to be something exciting to watch. But the last thing I sort of want to leave you with is, uh, what are your thoughts on uh, the way that we've seen, I guess, more media, more coverage uh, of the league this year? I know that I think. I remember you mentioned Canada for a WNBA spot. I believe that ratings in Canada for opening weekend were up like 300%. I know that ratings were up 25% for opening weekend. I know that the league signed a deal to cover games with Google. Um, Cause that's been an issue in the past. Even, even some of the games this year, I know that uh, when I see Twitter videos of like the games that they're such low quality, you know, it's like, why can't you give these women, you know, the proper equipment to, to broadcast these games. Mm-hmm. So at least, you know, as a player perspective, as somebody who played the national title game, you know, getting that media attention. Um, what are you seeing, you know, from a player standpoint on how the media is doing on covering the league so far this year? Um, I mean, I think obviously there's always, you know, room for improvement, but I just feel like, you know, compared to the last few seasons, um, this is the most, you know, um, viewership or whatever. I don't know the right wording, but I think that's right. Yeah, I feel like, you know, games are, are being broadcasted, you know, and then obviously you have the league pass. Um, and it's only it's less than twenty dollars and you get literally get to watch every single game. Um, but obviously there's always room for improvement. Um, but just to know that there are, you know, strides being made and every single year, you know, things are getting better and better. And ultimately that's that's what you want. You know, you don't wanna, you know, take those steps back. You wanna keep moving forward and, and improving um for the for the younger generation. So um no, yeah, I think you hit it right. And I, I, I saw that. I saw the league pass was as low as it was. I was like, compared to other league passes where they want me to pay like a hundred bucks, I'm like, no. Yeah. I I can do the 17 bucks. And that's been cool to like you said, just be able to hit the hit the app and be able to watch games like that. So um, with that being said, is there anything that you want to leave with or anything that you want to sort of touch on uh, in, in closing? Um, If you don't have league pass, go get league pass. <laughs> um, but no, just just thank you for having me. Um, it was nice. Nice being interviewed. Because and... the glare. But yeah, it's like she said, it's it, I mean, you can't can't get much better than that in terms of our league passes. I know they charge what 60 plus for a league pass and that's, that's a good bargain. Uh, I'm sorry to cut you off. No, no, you're fine. Um, no, I, I was going to say, yeah, get league pass if you don't have league pass and, um, you know, watch as many games as possible. And, you know, there's, there's so many talented women, um, in the, in the league. And I just know that you won't be disappointed, you know, whatever game you watch, you know, there's, there's, you know, one player that you're going to, oh, wow, she's really good. I want to follow her. So, um, yeah, that's all I have. Just thank you for, for um, interviewing me. It was, it, was, it was nice, you know, talking and reflecting on my, my Stanford journey and, and you know, how I, where I, how I got to where I am today. So I appreciate it. Well, I, pre- I, I hope that uh, at some point you're able to really sort of uh, take in, you know, that championship victory as well as just, you know, making it to the league as well as being with this organization because, you know, I, you've obviously put the work in and, uh, you know, like I said earlier, it's, it's great to see such great people with this organization, you know, from obviously you and Sue Bird's meant so much to the city of Seattle as a whole, 
Mm-hmm. Um, and just, you know, women like you guys are, I know, obviously I'm not, I wasn't in that position, uh, but you know, for the little girls watching or the, you know, any, but any woman who's watching, just being able to, like you said, with league pass, go get league pass, uh, <laughs> just being able to watch and look up to you guys, you know, it's, that's part of the reason I like doing these interviews as a whole um, is to tell the story of the athlete. And so people can know more about their favorite athlete. You know, somebody might be like, I want to learn more about Keanu Williams. Mm -hmm. I got an interview for you, but um, you know, I I appreciate you taking out of your time and uh, excited to see tomorrow's game uh, against Connecticut in person, you know, and excited to, as we, as we sort of move towards uh, bringing more people back into the stands. So hopefully you can see the, the storm fans and, more of a, an accurate capacity because I know it's a lot less than it normally would be. So I want to thank Keanu Williams for coming on and excited to see the rest of the season. It should be a fun season. And I know it's early, but man, that Dallas game had me so nervous. God, you know, uh, but thank you. No problem. No problem. Thanks for having me. Baba Bowie.